0: This week on Graze the Rim, we're about a third of the way through the season, so we're breaking down the MVP race. We're talking if it's a USA versus the world debate. We're splashing or passing news and trade rumors. We'll be discussing the Maverick struggles. We're touching on our hatred for Draymond Green, and we'll finish up with a playoff or way-off for past MVP seasons.
1: Welcome to Graze the Rim. It is February 7th and we are talking MVP. This is the MVP episode, you could say. We're about a third of the way into the season, like you said. uh, The MVP race is nice and flushed out. We have an idea of the candidates, so we're going to go into that a little bit. But first, we're going to do a little weekly recap of some of the highs and and not so highs. The wins and lessons, as Ty Lue would say, from the week. (laughs) So I think the the big story of the week is is the Jazz continuing their winning ways. They were on an 11 game winning streak. They as of now they've won 14 of the last 15 and it took a historic night from Nikola Jokic to break up that streak.
0: Yeah. Uh speaking of that, I'm glad you touched on that because this week was huge for uh scoring performances. Let's do, I'm just going to rattle off some for you. Let's do it. Okay. Uh we had the Fred Fred Van Vliet game, fifty-four points in a win versus the Magic.
1: Right, yeah. This I tell you, I watched this game randomly because it was just the first game on of the night, and I was watching I was listening to the Magic Home broadcast, and it's so funny to me how like nonchalant they were about like just something incredible happening to the other team. Like when Van Vliet hit like his ninth three you know of the night they're like oh and look another three from van Vleet." but meanwhile <laughs> you know we got a layup on the other end by your magic that cuts the lead to 17 so stay tuned like it's just it's really funny it's a good time like watching losing broadcast is more fun than watching the winning one for sure
0: speaking of that the magic are bad have you yeah uh, have you noticed yeah. that yes uh we agree we need to free the man Vooch. Yeah, well so Nikola Vucevic needs to get out of there. He's
1: awesome. And since yes. since uh what's his name that got hurt towards ACL? Markel Hol. Since he tours, since he towards ACL, they have been the worst team in the league. <laughs> uh Vucevic is shooting career high points per game. He is the only good player on the team as far as I'm concerned. And I don't know so the magic have Vucevic is good, but Aaron Gordon's out for like a month. Yes, just mentioned Fultz is out. Jonathan Isaac's out for the whole year. Like this is a yes. perfect time to tank Vooch yes. is thirty. He's under contract till twenty twenty three. Give him to a contender. Like everyone wants a good center. Free Vooch, I love him. He it's, carried my fantasy. It's hard. It's hard
0: to tank. Him. It's hard to tank when he's putting up forty three points and nineteen rebounds in a in a game. Oh, That's a hell of a he stat line. He did do that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you didn't just throw those numbers out of nowhere. Okay. no, no, no. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Good to know. All right. So uh, speaking of centers. uh, Nikola Jokic. Speaking of Nicholas, yeah. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> great name right now. Yeah, yeah. He had, like you said, in that Jazz game, tied his career high with 47 points and a win, and then turned around just yesterday, put up 50 and a loss to the Kings.
1: Yeah, well, apparently the Kings are the Nuggets Kryptonite because they, they, the Kings won all three games this season against the Nuggets. <laughs> so uh, maybe this might be a team. Good thing they're not going to make the playoffs because the Kings... it sure as
0: hell isn't Marvin Bagley that's doing that. Oh I can tell my you God.
1: that. Oh, God, Marvin. So I guess I guess uh, we'll we'll talk about that in a second. Mar- we haven't talked about Marvin Bagley's dad, who's that's true.
0: Hilarious. Might be the best topic,
1: yeah. Who, for those of you that don't know, who was a few weeks ago basically tweeted like they should trade my son. They're the Kings aren't treating my son well, despite the fact that you're not treating the Kings well by having <laughs> a son that's terrible at basketball. I get that it's not the King's fault or it's not Bagley's fault that the Kings drafted. Yeah. Bagley over Doncic, but that's gonna hang over his head forever. So you might as that, well. That
0: that tweet is up there though with Eric Bledsoe's I don't want to be here tweet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's true.
0: Okay, moving on, moving on. Uh Kelly Oubre scored forty points in a game. Yes, you heard that right. Kelly Oubre
1: I mean this is scored like, forty points. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the Mavericks struggles, but so for the last two games, it's Sunday right now, Saturday, and I think it was the Thursday or Friday that the, the Warriors and the Mavericks played. Mm-hmm. Uh, they haven't had a center on the roster. Their three centers are out with injury. Draymond Green's the tallest player that plays. And I just gave up like 140 points to a centerless Warriors team. I think
0: 147, yeah,
1: including 40 points from Killyubri. I, I don't know. It's a, it's it's a bad look.
0: Well, yeah, they just they just played again last night. Uh, crazy game. It was so much fun to watch. It was one of those Steph games where he just couldn't miss. He put up 54, still lost. Luka puts up a career high of 43. That was great television last night.
1: I did. I watched a game this morning. It was... It's fun on one end when you know the Warriors are going to lose. Because then you can exactly. appreciate how good Seth is. I say Seth. <laughs> I do love Seth Curry. But Steph Curry. Maybe better. Uh, so, any <laughs> other games? This Oh, I, we should say, since we last talked, we had the Russell Westbrook revenge game. On the yes. other two-three. Two-thirds of the big three. Yes. The, the Wizards beat the Nets. 149 points in regulation they scored (laughs) the Wizards are maybe the worst team in the league and 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 the uh the Nets give up 150 in regulation
0: yeah yeah just touching on that this was back-to-back nights this is crazy uh the Nets and Wizards were playing the Bulls and Blazers were playing Uh, Nets and Bulls both had a five-point lead with under 12 seconds left and lost in regulation that is just absurd. It's so fun. Da- <laughs> I, know. I Don't care Dame- about either of the teams. It's I know, but but Dame had 44 in the game winner. Russ had 41 in the game winner. It was <laughs> back, back, like yeah. That's that ESPN like uh like projection for what the you know which team's gonna win. That's the 99.9, <laughs> uh, and you still lose yes. right there. Yes. Uh, one last thing I got to touch on, maybe the most important thing we're gonna talk about. Uh, D'Angelo Russell hit a game winner.
1: Yeah, that's sick. Good for him. I I was gonna move on from this quick, but I had to look it up. Did you know? Speaking of D'Angelo Russell, praise. Did you know D'Angelo Russell has the worst on-off rating in the league right now? I do. The I do.
0: The Timberwolves are very bad. And it's very upsetting. Here it
1: is. The Timberwolves are sixteen point four points per hundred possessions better when D'Angelo Russell is <laughs> off the court. Sixteen and it's, a half, and he's one of a your friends. Hell of a stat. Guys. Yeah, it's a. It's he is not. But the game I, don't it, he's,
0: so. I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's. A franchise guy, but he sure is one of their franchise their guys. Franchise.
1: They're paying him like a franchise guy. That's exactly
0: fun. exactly. So we did. Well, yeah. Go ahead. I was just say I I went into a, I want to talk about one of the games in specific though, uh, and that was King Celtics. This I did, is I a, watched this game too. Yeah. Yes, great game. So no Kemba, no Marcus Smart. This is the second night of a back to back for the Celtics. Uh, so not watching, Mar- not having Marcus Smart out there alone made it worth me watching. Yeah, for sure. I could finally watch the Celtics game without seeing Marcus Smart i not gritting uh, my teeth the entire time. Yes, yes. Kings end up winning 116-111. I just want to talk about Tatum mm. and Brown because those guys are incredible. Tatum, 27, 10 assists, 9 rebounds. 1 rebound shy of a triple-double. Brown puts up 21 points. Both were pretty like, inefficient that night, but they're so skilled offensively and defensively. What I love most is they both are so good in the mid-post, mm. but they score in completely different ways. Like Jason Tatum is so smooth. Like he'll hit like fall away, turnarounds in the post, but uh, Jalen Brown will just he just bullies you. He goes through you. Yeah, he's um, not. gonna finish it through. Yeah. So those two guys are just so fun to watch. But the real story of the night is my man De'Aaron Fox, <laughs> who, by the way, in case the people all over the country are saying that Colin Sexton's all you know he's great, he's gonna be an All Star or whatever they want to say, De'Aaron Fox is a better basketball player than Ooh, Colin okay. Sexton. Okay. Yes, I love De'Aaron Fox's game. He finished with 26 and 11 assists in this game. So his this game included in the two games prior to that, he's averaging 31 points and 9.7 assists over those three games, while shooting 52%. Those were the games from this week. It uh, doesn't include yesterday's game, though. But what was most impressive about that is that they they had one point loss to the Heat, in which he scored 17 points in the fourth quarter. The very next game, they win against the Pelicans, has another 17-point fourth quarter, and then in the Celtics game, uh, ends with a 13-point fourth quarter and the win.
1: Uh, yeah, I'll Him, say uh, yeah. I just wanted that their fourth quarter. I was impressed. Like you said, Tatum and Brown, they were good down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Like, they made some yes. plays, and the Kings just matched them. Like, De'Aaron Fox yeah. made some plays. Terrence Halliburton made some plays. I didn't yes. see Buddy Heal, I'm sure he was there.
0: I uh, I just saw yesterday Buddy was what, had a 1-of-10, 0-for-9, from 3-game mm. last okay. night. Uh, Buddy is is the epitome of hot and cold, like streaky shooter. Right, 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 right. Uh, but since you brought him up, Tyrese Halberton. Uh oh, that is my rookie theater. I love it. What I love he, watching him play.
1: Yeah, he boy, I tell you, what I'm impressed with is is he just he looks like he's been playing like he's like a ten yes. year NBA vet. Yes, and he's got that super funky jump shot form. But he's shooting. I looked it up. You like he shoots five a game and it's over forty percent. So like it's yeah. sustainable.
0: I mean, yeah, he hit five in this game, but like you said, you you watch the jumper, and you just kind of wince a little bit. You're like, oh yeah, Jesus, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then finds the bottom of the net. But what I like about him is not not necessarily like his on-ball defense, but his defensive instincts off the ball, like getting him past in passing lanes mm-hmm. or like digging down on the post. They just like you can't you have to have those the feel for the game. Like you can't just be taught that. Right. And then one last mention, uh, I hate Marvin Bagley. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. He, First of all, you know, Suns fans can feel however they want about not getting Trey Young or Luka. Yeah. You can still finish with DeAndre Aiden. That's a great consolation prize. Mm-hmm. The Kings fans must hate Marvin Bagley so much. That's I've never true. met a Kings fan. I've never met a Kings fan, but I can you imagine they hate him so yeah. so much. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But the the problem for me is that he, he'll he show something, like, incredible, and I'll have to, like, rewind and rewatch, like, what did he just do? That's mm. incredible. And then you forget about him the rest of the game. Yeah. It's just one moment.
1: That's, yeah, he, it, it's it's tough, like... It's just a burden that there was such a good draft class, and he just doesn't seem to move the needle, like statistically, yeah. offensively or defensively. That it's it's yeah. you know sucks for him, but try not being bad. Sucks my, worse for Kings fans. Yeah. All right. Um. So yeah, my, the game that I mentioned was it was a little check-in game for me because it was it was the uh, Knicks Blazers game from a few nights ago. I hadn't really watched either of the teams this year, and they're both kind of around five hundred. So I decided to give this game a watch. I probably should have picked another game, to be <laughs> honest. The Blazers—they were without uh, three of their. Probably I don't, is that Collins a starter when he's healthy?
0: Yeah, I mean he hasn't played all year. Yeah, but he's yeah, probably a I, think, I think I think he would have.
1: Yeah, no, no CJ McCollum, no use Nurkic, so it was basically the Dame show. And and part of the reason I wanted to watch this was because like two nights before. Dame sat, so they were without four starters, and they beat Philly in <laughs> yeah, Philly. Yeah, they won. Yeah, so that was—I didn't know—is was that just a, just one of those wild games, or is it like the Blazers bench is real? No, it was a wild game. <laughs> uh, you know, down the stretch of this game, the thing that I, I found interesting was that Dame gets the hype for being, you know, the clutch guy in the NBA this year. That people forget LeBron exists. But uh, they were down double digits most of the second half. They cut it to like seven, and in the span of three possessions. Uh, Robert Covington, Gary Trent, Rodney Hood, Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard, five shots, five missed threes in about yeah. three or four possessions, and then obviously the the Knicks just closed the game out. So not a great end game performance by the uh, the Blazers, especially shooting. One of the ones Dame like tried to jump into somebody, got this like to try to get this awful. Foul and it just clanked off the backboard. I will say, uh, the Knicks fans, uh, good news that that um, Manuel quickly looks like a good draft. Yes, pick, which yeah. Th- in that box for the Knicks fans, you can't check often.
0: So uh, <laughs> Ke- ask Kevin Knox. Yeah,
1: exactly. Oh God, exactly. <laughs> Promising pick for him. He actually looks like a real NBA player. So good for Knicks. Got the win. Can I I, I'm going to jump in real quick.
0: Yeah. he because he's so good. I think everyone knows this by now, but his floater is incredible. Hmm. The, everyone knows he's going to shoot a floater when he gets inside the paint. <laughs> it,
2: it's,
0: it's, it's beautiful. I don't know how else to explain it. The, the, like the they know it's coming shot, and they yeah. can't stop it. Yeah, it's yeah. a tough
1: shot to uh, to learn. Yeah. All right, that's it for recap, right? Do you have anything else? Yeah. Oh, no, I did, I got, I got. oh, yeah. I did want to shout out. So LaMelo Ball, two games yeah. starting because Terry was years out, scores a career-high 34 points. I will also say uh, last podcast you had some Devontae Graham slander. And he is currently leading the uh the Nets in plus minus, but they are no Hornets. player.
0: Yeah,
1: we're gonna edit that Hornets. to say Hornets. <laughs> yeah, cool. I'm gonna hang on, let me just get a Hornets. Okay, so I can take that <laughs> move it over. Yeah, so he is he is the highest plus minus player on the Hornets, despite not shooting.
0: Lines. I'm a, I'm always here for uh the Devontae Graham slander. No, is... I know, I know,
1: I gotta keep you in check.
0: Uh but the Lonzo or the Lamello Ball love. I like that.
1: Yeah. 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 I, it would be interesting to see if they find a way to start him or give him even more minutes as well as he's done.
0: Well, they started, they ended up starting Rozier, Graham, and Ball the other night with Gordon Hayward mm-hmm. at the four and uh, Cody Zeller, who looks like the perfect stereotypical center in the yeah. NBA. Yeah. That balding head. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Okay. So, Rob, I got, I asked you this question at the start of the season. Yeah. And I didn't think it would, it was kind of a joke at the time, but the question was, will, an American win the MVP this year? And we're a th- about a third of the way in and it's still a great question.
1: Yeah, interesting is that, you know, obviously <laughs> foreigners have won MVP, but uh, I don't think mm-hmm. there's ever been a year when there's been this many foreigners, like this tight to the race, that's not like, you know, like last year or the year before that Giannis was the clear favorite. But yeah. There's, there's a lot of them well within the race and it's very much up in the air.
0: Well, I think, I think, Doncic had the like the highest odds to win MVP yeah, at the start of the, the season, season too. Yeah, he yeah. did.
1: Yeah. So yeah, so we broke down uh, our top four candidates, which happened to be two Americans and two not Americans, and uh, we're just gonna talk a little for and against and and give our opinions on it. So you want to start with the? Uh, yeah,
0: the guy. I'll the start Americans. with the guys from the from the U.S. Yeah. So uh, I think we know LeBron is one of them. Mm. Having a fantastic year, averaging twenty-five points, almost eight rebounds, eight assists. Uh, shooting a career high from three in attempts and percentage, uh, he looks great this year. Their their defense is great, um, and then the other one is Kevin Durant, who is having a hell of a year scoring the ball, averaging almost thirty points with uh, Kyrie and James Harden also on the team. Seven seven and a half rebounds, five assists, but he's shooting forty five percent from three, which wow. is absurd. Yeah, yeah. And you know they're shooting
1: a lot over there. In, in the
0: exactly. Country. Got to score 147 points to win, and yeah, so, sometimes lose.
1: So the two big men, two big foreigners, classic stereotypical, yeah. great last <laughs> names. One of them is we talked about earlier, Nikola Jokic. Uh, right now, 26 points, 11 rebounds, eight and a half assists. It's actually probably gone up since the 50 yeah. bomb. The stats might be up. He's also leading the league right now in value over replacement player box plus minus per hundred. And he's number two in win shares per 48. So those are all advanced stats that I don't really understand. But to be at the top of them is a good thing. Uh, mm-hmm. The other one, other big man, is uh, Joel Embiid. The Cameroonian. Is that how you say from Cameron? yeah, Yes. Uh, 29 points per game. Uh, almost 11 rebounds a game. So the career-high points per game. Also shooting career-high percentages. 55% from two. Yeah. Almost 40% from three. 85% from the line while leading the league. In free throw attempts, and also worth mentioning that um, their team totally falls off offensively when he's off the court, while they're also a great defensive team. And so, so those are kind of the four favorites that that, that I think have separated themselves. There's also absolutely there's a few dark horses that we'll say not very many words on. First one was I guess the favorite going into it, Luca. Mavericks are bad.
0: Yes, we can leave it at that.
1: That eliminates him (laughs) right off the rip. Uh, right. And then we
0: got we got uh, Steph too, who's kind of in the same the yeah, same. So uh,
1: he's he's not. I think he's a little less bad, but also a little less impressive statistically. So while the right. team's not quite as bad, he's not performing quite as well.
0: Yeah, and then we got uh, we got Giannis, the reigning two time right uh, MVP. Who who no matter what he does this season cannot win the MVP. Yeah,
1: I was going to ask you what like going in like obviously we know now it probably not, but what would the Bucks team have to look like for him to? act? like win mvp this year
0: i mean his stats would have had to been just insane and they I mean, would have had to been best record. i mean they had they had to do the best record in the nba again like they did last i mean year. they
1: had to i think they would have to be like whether they playing 72 games like they have to yeah. be like 65 and 7 or something yeah, so like, like historically great yeah and even then probably not
0: it just suck yeah it sucks for Giannis. yeah uh
1: and then the last one is Kawhi, who is his numbers are incredible they're great offensive and defensive team. His numbers mm-hmm. are good, even when Paul George is off the court, which is always important, you know, in like your MVP race. But uh, he just doesn't play. He, re- he sits out back to backs. So yeah, yeah. He's already that load the management. Time. Yeah, that that the voters have spoken that that does not.
0: Sit yeah.
2: with him.
1: Right. So the cool thing about NBA voting is that it's stupid, and that it's not just about stats or who's the best player. That it's it's a panel of of media personalities and analysts, and there's a bunch of narratives because they're just people yep. looking at what they like, what they don't like, who they want to see MVP based on storylines and stats and, and a combination of all of the things.
0: Right. So that's and what that's, we're going to do because we're going to overreact to things and that's what we <laughs> like to do. Definitely. So do you want where do you want to start?
1: Let's start at the top. Kay. I mean, not that we have a top because we're not biased, but let's start with LeBron <laughs> so stop, Yes. So, so, so give me yes. why... why not why does he deserve it, but why sh- will he or should he win this award?
0: Yeah. So last year we know he he didn't win. He finished runner up to Giannis. Yes. Had a crazy season last year. Ended up winning, you know, finals, finals MVP. And, and he, he campaigned was, hard. Yeah, he dominated very hard in the playoffs too. Yes, like he was yeah. the best player in the playoffs. What I what I had heard uh, report that, you know, they were in the bubble and all the media members in the bubble, there's not much to do. So LeBron spent a lot of time campaigning with uh, with media members, talking about how he didn't win MVP. Uh, so I would expect, uh, if he sustains his level of play, I would expect it coming this year for him. Yeah,
1: here's the thing. So we talked narrative, and, and he's got probably the strongest narrative case because, like, I don't think he, like, Giannis deserved MVP sure. last year. Like, statistically, he was insane. Sure. They had the best record in the league. But, but LeBron still let the people know that he felt slighted, and then he played like he felt slighted. And, he and was then you
0: throw great. in the, uh, like, and I want my damn respect too. For
1: sure. We know who, we know who that was targeted towards. Exactly. Him. And, and like, he said that knowing that he was the best player. He was the MVP of the playoffs. Like, Giannis mm-hmm. didn't play great. LeBron's like, you want to give him MVP, but here's the best player in the world. That's me.
0: And so I have been.
1: That, yes. And so that's, that's like like, I think what's incredible about this is that like, LeBron, you know, in, like, Jordan did, too, that you suffer from voter fatigue, that you're, that like... Definitely. You could make a case every year that they should win MVP, because they should, because they're the best player. Because they're the year. best player. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But what's incredible about LeBron is, is he had those, like, so he won four MVPs in five years. The last one was 2013, right? 13, yep. Yeah, and so then, so, like, you know, a string of other storylines, like, KD had a great year. Mm-hmm. rest of the triple-double season. Steph Curry was incredible. Mm-hmm. Giannis was incredible for a couple of years. And people, like, kind of... It's like, yeah, LeBron's doing what LeBron does. But, meanwhile, I like, you know, somebody else is having a great year. So that's the voter fatigue. But I think LeBron has been so good for so long that he's outliving the voter fatigue. The people oh, for are, like, sure. We want to vote him back. With LeBron. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's why I think the narrative... Is so strong for him, right? Right. The whole like year eighteen thing plays a lot yeah. into and it. That, you know? And know, going into that, that he had the shortest off season in NBA history. He's playing in every game, and he's 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 still playing at an incredibly high level. Right. Not the. That's what I
0: thought would be. That's what I thought would be big. Is if he continues to play in every game, uh, there's no doubt yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. His me.
1: case is going to get stronger. I will. Yeah. So one of the things you know, the strongest arguments against him, especially last year, was that he had a first team All NBA teammate and Giannis didn't, you know, that, that Anthony Davis made LeBron look good because he's, right. you know, he's just better, which makes sense. I understand that. But, frankly, he, Anthony Davis has been bad this year, like by his standards. Yeah. he's got. I looked it up. He's got his lowest points per game since his second year in the league, Anthony Davis. His value over a replacement player is his career low, even lower than his rookie year right now. He's not shooting great. He's shooting one of his worst seasons from three since he started shooting threes. He's good defensively, but offensively, he's not been good. Which is where, you know, LeBron has still been incredible.
0: Yeah, the burden of the offense rests on LeBron's 100%, shoulders. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, so other storylines. Again, we think LeBron has the strongest narrative storyline, which mm-hmm. is why I think he's the favorite to win. So we'll going on the list, KD. I think Durant has the second biggest narrative coming yeah. off of the worst injury in basketball. Like, and looking like
0: he hasn't lost a step for sure.
1: Like the, historically, Achilles is the worst, like most devastating career-ending yeah. injury, and he's playing as good, if not better, than pre-injury. The I guess what's going against him two things: one, the Nets aren't that good. Like I think they're what third or fourth in the East, but they're they don't look good. they're not a top team, and you know no one can deny that that. The other two players are going to take away some of the shine, even if they're not actually taking away right. from some of his success. But having two other All NBA players on your team, it's hard to win an MVP. Like ask yeah, Kevin you want to Durant. talk about
0: having yeah, you want to talk about having Anthony Davis on your team. Imagine having two other top, another top eight player and a top twenty player. Exactly. I say As ask Kevin Durant should ask Kevin
1: Durant of the Warriors <laughs> how easy it is to win MVP when you have yeah. like incredible teammates around you.
0: Exactly. Yeah, but I think he's kind of in a in a villain role now in the in the with the big three. Like the Nets are kind of the, yeah, you know, for the sure. bad boys. Like it's I think that's interesting. Yeah, it's
1: interesting how quick like everyone was kind of happy to see him go to the Nets, even though he went with yeah. every, everyone was happy to see him leave the Warriors, and then <laughs> he turns around and gets hard, and everyone's like, Nah, screw this. Like I'm off. I'm out. It's just back to kind of hating him. Another thing that's working for LeBron, LeBron and Embiid, and is working against the other two guys is defense and mm-hmm. That they're, you know, good defensively and part of great defensive teams. Meanwhile, yeah. Durant and Jokic, who we're about to talk about, is not. They're not good. Yeah. So speaking True. of bad defense, we'll talk about Jokic and and like I said, <laughs> he is he's number one in the league in box plus minus per one hundred, which I had to look this up because it was confusing me to no end. So what this means is, is you take an average player, which somehow they determine what an average statistical player is. And that's like your baseline. And then you take, so you would take Jokic's stats, points, rebounds, assists, blocks, steals. That's it, right? Turnovers, Mm -hmm. fouls. And then you would put that into your formula and how Jokic prepares or performs over the average player is how you get your box plus minus. Right? Right. That's it. I think I explained that correctly. Yes. So he's number one in the league in total offensive and defensive box plus minus. Which you think, oh, he must be doing well defensively because he has like a top ten box plus minus stat. But the thing Meh. is, <laughs> good. Uh, you should told me you were gonna do that. I could have set you up. <laughs> the thing is, is that that Jokic is just putting up good defensive stats, which is defensive rebounds, blocks, steals, charges. I don't know if that's a stat, and he's not fouling a lot, so those are good defensive stats. But the Nuggets aren't good defensively; like they're not winning a lot of games. Like right. you said, in those. Jokic had a, a career-high 50 points. They lost. They lost to the Kings. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, so the thing is, here's the crazy stat against Jokic, is that the Denver Nuggets are only 4.3 points per 100 possessions better with him on the court. Yeah. yeah. He's incredible offensively, but their team gets 9 points per 100 possessions better defensively when he's off the court. And like when you look at LeBron and Embiid, they're positive on both sides of the ball. So the right. team gets worse offensively and defensively. When they're off the court, but but Jokic is just bad defensively. Like right now, the Nuggets have the 21st ranked defense, and they're like six or seven games out of first place in the West.
0: Yeah, I mean, I he does have some some good like narratives around him positively though, because you you look at Nikola Jokic, and you think, how is that guy on a basketball court? Oh God, his face. If you if you I I made my wife watch the Nuggets one time, and she's like, why is that dude bringing the ball down court? <laughs> Jokic is, I was like that he yeah he brings the ball up court, runs the whole yeah, offense. Why is the Nugget security guard? Yeah, in <laughs> and bringing the ball up court. So who doesn't love an unathletic guy like that who just who is hilarious in interviews? Like he is he's a national treasure, um, but he could be the best passing big to ever play the game if he's able to average a triple double, which he's he's pretty close to doing. Who knows if he can do that for the whole season? But that would be an incredible storyline yeah. to follow. Uh, that we're witnessing the greatest passing big men uh, to play the game. Is he I know he was at some point. Is he still leading the league in assists?
1: I don't know. I'm not hundred percent sure. Well assume he is. And if he is, wow. Good job him. Wow. But again, I think so back to narratives, I think you know, one thing that, that voters have made abundantly clear is that unless there's an incredible story like a Russell Westbrook averaging a triple double, mm-hmm. they care you have to your team has to be good. Yeah, Like the amount of times that, that you haven't – for every Russell Westbrook, who was the sixth seed that year, by the way, <laughs> where, for every triple-double Russell Westbrook, there's every other MVP, which means like mm-hmm. like it's such an anomaly to put up huge numbers on a team that's good, not great, and win MVP. Because there's going to be somebody that's putting up slightly worse numbers, but their team is way better. And that's what that, – the voters really care about having a good team. So th- I think that's the biggest thing working against Jokic is are they going to improve?
0: Yeah, I agree. Certainly. Ooh, okay, certainly let's a good word. Let, let's <laughs> let's talk about our last guy here. Yeah. Jojo. Uh, Jojo, you're your boy from Kansas.
1: Yes. Does he have I didn't look on his best four reference. Does he have any great nicknames?
0: Uh Troel
1: Embiid? I like that one. Oh, is that is that true? Is it on there? Uh it's got to be. <laughs> I'll look it over right now. Okay. Oh, yes, Troel. Okay. Jojo <laughs> is the process Duo 180 is one of his nicknames.
0: Don't know what that means. I've no, never heard that before. While we're on the topic of uh, nicknames, uh, the cookie monster for Nikola Jokic. Oh, Did you watch that? One. Would you watch that interview? No. Uh-uh. He, he's talking about how he might not be good defensively, but he ends up getting some steals and he's like, so I am the cookie monster. <laughs> you call me <laughs> okay. cookie monster. Okay. I
1: don't know. how. I wonder how much like if it was just like some American dude with a Midwest accent talking versus Jokic with his
0: yeah, European yeah. accent. It wouldn't be funny. It
1: wouldn't be as funny, yeah. Okay, so yeah. So anyway, Julian Embiid, he, I, I, I think. Is he having the best season out of all of these guys in terms
0: of numbers? I, I would say yes.
1: Uh, so, like we said, so he's leading the league in scoring. Is he still no? He's second in the league. In no, scoring. no. The third Bradley, league Beals right. Bradley Beal's leading this. Bradley uh, Beal's. He's God. That was a bad stat. He's somewhere high. He's in the league in scoring. Yeah. Uh, while it is his shooting, career high. Yes, while shooting career highs from the field, from everywhere on the field. Which is, you know, increase in volume, increase in efficiency. That's great. And like you said, or like I said, but you did the stat work for, that his team is considerably worse when he is off the court. I think the highest minus out of all of these guys.
0: Yes. In terms of team yeah.
1: performance without him.
0: And he didn't play one of the games against, and they got drilled by the Pistons, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Um so that should tell you enough about his impact when he's on the court.
1: Well, when he plays, they lose to the. That's Blazers true. They lose to the. That is, team. That so is who true. Knows? Who knows? I think I think in terms of narratives, I think he is the biggest threat to LeBron, because yeah. he's it's just one of those things like a like the Russell Westbrook, like the first Curry MVP. I'm just thinking recently that he kind of comes out of nowhere. That he was always a, a great. Player, but couldn't break into that echelon of real MVP candidates, and he's finally putting it together. And the Sixers are putting it together; that they're great. They're the MVP. yeah. I mean, if they
0: especially if they remain the best team in the East, yeah. I think he's got a real case. Uh, but the question's always going to be with him: like, Can he stay healthy? Because he hasn't proven he can yet. Is he going to be able to play enough games uh, to make it you know respectable for his case? But yeah, I guess we'll see. There is also a question that 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 part of the
1: reason why Giannis will never win it. Is because he hasn't been good in the playoffs. Like, like the voters are tired of giving it to somebody who underperforms in the playoffs, right? Like that's in the back of their minds always. And, and Embiid has not been great. Like last year, he was awful mm-hmm. in the playoffs. And I, I just I wonder how much that's gonna, you know, be in the backs of minds of voters. That well, we're gonna yeah, give MVP that's... to another guy
0: that doesn't perform in the playoffs, while LeBron right. is dominating <laughs> all the time. Yeah, right. That's part of why Gian, I mean Giannis could not win it this year, no matter what he does. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I and I guess it's not as bad because if beat had won a had won an MVP and was me, when was having a year like this and had not performed well in the playoffs, then yeah, I think problem. But since he hasn't, you know, he hasn't been to this level before, hmm. I think it's it's worth a look at an MVP.
1: Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. So I guess we're gonna do final predictions. Yeah, what do you got? I like. It's hard for me to not say LeBron one because I'm biased, yeah. and two because I think, I think he has the media and the narrative on his side. Mm-hmm. But but I I think if Embiid stays healthy, I think he has has just as good of a chance to win MVP.
0: Yeah, see, I'm gonna go. I'm going LeBron in a in a landslide. I Ooh. think that I just think it's for him. It's so deserved. Not necessarily. You think it's more in a, in like this... a,
1: like a lifetime achievement.
0: Yes, yeah. like like here we're rewarding you for what you've done over your 18 years, right. rather than just this one year. Right. And how we have you could have won the past seven since 2013, um, you know, not that you necessarily should have, but you had you had a chance to win all of those. Right. Here, here is your award. I'm not saying that's right. I uh, I
1: agree, and I do think there's something that the people are going to be saying. They say every year, how long is it going to be great? Yeah. I think they're gonna look for an excuse that he's good enough to win it. We don't know how long he's gonna be good. Let's give yeah. It this could then. be
0: the last one.
1: Yeah. Okay, I like that. I'm yeah. I'm I'm more skeptical than you or nervous, I guess, that
0: it will be. I mean, I will, I play. want him to have it. I I really <laughs> want him to have it. Yeah, sure.
1: All right. Well, that's good. Good with MVP talk. You got anything else? Any no. Attendance? That. Uh, nope. Sick. All right. So we're going to move on to a brand new segment. Uh, we're going to be introducing a lot of new segments kind of as they fit our fancy. And this first segment is called Why I'm Not a GM. That, uh, that you and me, we love a good 2K <laughs> franchise mode. Making big moves. We usually yeah. win, but we usually kind of cheat. <laughs> um, but it gives us an opinion that we we see, we know what we're talking about, we see struggling teams, and we're like, oh, we could do better.
0: So here's an example of why we can't do better. Do you? Um, yeah. So I, I have a take from a while back yeah. that Dennis Smith Jr. would be the savior of the Knicks, would be able to turn that franchise around. Part of the Kristaps trade, he is now asking to go to the the G League bubble, um, because he's not playing in he's New York. He's not playing
1: at all. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. It you know, so I assume that you. Had been if you had been GM of the Knicks, you would you would have been excited to get Dennis Smith Jr.
0: Yes. See, here's the deal. This is why I might be a good GM. I sure as hell know how to tank. And we having Dennis Smith Jr. on our team, we're gonna lose a lot of games.
1: That's true. This is a good year to tank.
0: Yes. Cade Cunningham. Now you're the savior of New York.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I tell you, I was never that high on Dennis Smith, but we all have our guys that we were high on. Mine, for me, who I mistakenly thought was still on the Knicks. <laughs> Was Emmanuel <laughs> Mudiay, who who's was drafted by the Nuggets, was it like five years ago? He was like the yeah. first high school athlete to go play overseas instead of going. Yeah, he to went college. to
0: China. Yeah. yeah,
1: and he was he was a top five or six pick, and he is not. I just learned as of what as of 2019, right? He's not even in the
0: league. He he played last year with Utah. He's not on a on a team right now.
1: Okay, so somewhere in Serbia. The Serbian National League.
0: (laughs) He's probably back. He's back in China.
1: That's true. He's got connections in China, but um, but yeah, that's a good that's a good reason for why you're not a GM. And I think yes. Well, actually, now that I think about it, it might be you should be GM because you would make the same moves the Knicks make. But there are GMs that make the moves you do.
0: Yes, and I'm going to bring this up right now, Robbie. Yes, bringing this on you. We have live news. Oh, I saw this. Okay, that. Yep, that Dennis Smith Jr. is on the move. <laughs> Someone else bought it. Tell me about it. <laughs> I might have just gotten a job with the Detroit Pistons. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. going to Detroit, it sounds like, um, with some picks for Derrick Rose.
1: For Derrick Rose. Well, back to for New York. For Derrick Rose. Is his, his old stomping grass.
0: Um, Do you want me to bring this up right yeah, here, you Rob? Might well. You uh, might as well. Okay. Uh, so what I'm really hoping for, is that Derrick Rose is going to come out and say that the Knicks are a super team again. If you remember back in 2016, the summer that Kevin Durant joined the Warriors, making a real super team, Mm -hmm. Derrick Rose was traded to the Knicks, of which their starting lineup was Carmel Anthony, Chris Ops Porzingis, Courtney Lee, Derrick Rose, and Joe Kim Noah. And Derrick Rose said in in an interview... Yeah, people are saying that it's the super teams right now. Us in Golden State, we're the two super teams. Um, wrong. So give me a, so
1: now. Give me a, a 2021 version
0: of the version of their team right now. Yeah,
1: yeah. Who's, What's the starting lineup? It's gonna blow people's minds because I don't know. Oh, if it sh-
0: well, it should be Emmanuel quickly, Julius Randall, uh, Mitchell Robinson, RJ Barrett. You know who I'd love to see though? Derrick Rose. Well, now we got him. Uh, okay. Ignis Brasdikis. Remember him? That's the first time from, I've heard that
1: name. I'm gonna love it.
0: Oh, he played at Michigan. He uh, he sucks. So I would love to see him <laughs> on the okay. court. Nice. That's
1: good. That that sounds like a super team. Derrick Rose would brag. <laughs> Something he would love. All right. So moving on. Uh, well, I I got I got an angry comment from a fan that uh, we do a, we offer ourselves as PR consultants and that that we ripped this off of another sports comedy podcast, which I didn't even know existed i didn't know there was a, a podcast that talks sports news but in a funny way so no I'll, way. Take, I'll take their word for it but um until we find a new name for it we might have to think of a new name but until we find a new name we're just going to keep rolling to give pr advice okay so the person i wanted to talk to is not somebody you would think needs it that is billionaire shark tank himself mr shark tank dr shark tank mark Keaton, <laughs> uh, the the owner of the dallas mavericks who in an interview in uh, December of this year, um, was asked to, if you wanted to apologize to the New York Knicks franchise for swindling, for bamboozling, for absolute tomfoolering, being Stephen A. Smith right now, for robbing the Knicks by taking Kristaps Porzingis, by trading for Kristaps Porzingis. And, and Mark Cuban laughed it off and said, no, 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 but we're happy that we have Kristaps or something like that. Well, maybe we do some PR because are you happy you have Christophs That's my take. I, I am – this year I'm starting the anti Christops train. But that train is moving. So, so I want to break down for you for why. Actually, hang on. Before we do that, I got some actual PR advice for Mark Cuban. Oh, okay. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. So Mark Cuban, like I said, Shark Tank. He's got ideas. He's got businesses. He's making mogul moves. Um, I don't know if you've seen it in these grocery stores, but they're these little collectible figurines called Funko Pops. have you I Are have you familiar not. with these? No. Well, they're, no, no, they're, no. They're like little cube – they come in cube-shaped boxes as most boxes are cube-shaped. Okay. And they – it's just – it's different like licensed figurines characters from every like, – like from all kinds of TV shows, cartoons, video games. That's it, maybe. But, but any form of media, like, and they, I mean, they have sports figures and, you know, everything's and people collect them. Like, they fill their wall with all their favorite characters okay. or whatever. So, I think you need to tap into this and sell Christopops. <laughs> you know, instead of Christopps, combine that name. Yeah. Workshop that a little bit. But, because we got to, re- because here's the thing, Christop's in the second year of a five-year, $160 million deal. We got to recoup some of that money. So, yeah. can we make $150 million from Crystal Pops? Maybe. If anyone can, Cubes can. That's a free idea. And if
0: anyone needs know. it, if anybody needs it, it's Mark Cuban. It's Mark
1: Cuban. That's true. He's This is going to hurt his bank account. Something fierce. So, here's why I'm off the Kristops trade. Because you might be thinking, why? Like, he's good. Like, why would you not want Kristops? Are you thinking, <clears throat> am I speaking for you? No. No? Okay. Well, <laughs> if I was, I'm speaking – like, I, I'm off Kristaps. Here's why. So, break down the Kristaps trade. So, the Mavs got Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee, Trey Burke, and Kristaps Bazingas. Did mm-hmm. you know that? They got all that hole. Yes. Okay. Yes. The Knicks got your guy, Dennis Smith Jr. Yes. They got the 2021 unprotected first-round pick. 2023. Stop the count. They won the trade. <laughs> Knicks won the trade. 2023 top 10 protected. And also expiring contracts of DeAndre Jordan and Wesley Matthews to make salary. Who runs.
0: I think the, who I think they cut immediately.
1: I thought he played for the Knicks. DeAndre Jordan? I
0: I think Wes played West played two games. I know that. Okay. And I don't know. And I don't care what happened to DeAndre Good
1: Jordan. Good point. But here's here's why. That's just a little overview of the trade. Here's why Christoph's bad, okay? Last season, he contributed well without Doncic. because obviously Doncic is a focal point of that offense. Yes. Okay. Last year. He was positive plus minus when it was just him, no Luca on the court. Okay? So, they, they which is, you know, when your star is off, you just want to tread water. You beat mm-hmm. him with your star, you'll tread water without. that. Kristaps helped do that. This year, the best lineup with Kristaps without Luca on the floor. Okay? The best lineup is Trey Burke, Jalen Brunson, Josh Richardson, James Johnson, and Kristaps. Those five? Yeah. They're minus 21 per 100 possessions. That's the best Ouch. lineup without Luca with Kristaps. Ouch. They're, like like his value over replacement player, his win shares per 48, is way under his career low, even when he was bad rookie year on the Knicks. He's worse this year. Not to mention, he's had major injuries in both of his knees, including an ACL. And, like, history does not treat... Super tall guys with knee problems, well,
0: no, right.
1: No. So that is just looming. I feel I feel over all of Mavericks fans
0: like a ticking time bomb.
1: Yeah. So so like I said, we're gonna talk about why. The Maver- Do you have any Kristaps hate you want to throw in?
0: I the thing that frustrates me watching Kristaps is he's seven three. Yeah. He just wants to shoot threes, mm. and and I don't mean I mean the pick and pop of Luca is when it's on, it you know it's it's deadly. Yeah. But but what annoys me is I want him starting on the block, like begin the game, get a few buckets around the rim because he can shoot over anybody that's guarding him. Yeah, just getting the rhythm around the rim first before yeah. you start just launching from the logo.
1: Yeah, like like that's, I said,
0: it's really annoys me.
1: Like I said, they they lost to the Warriors who Draymond was the tallest player. Like, how does Kristaps not have fifty yeah. in that game? He's right. literally eight inches taller than their tallest guy. <laughs> So, yeah, that's that's what's frustrating. So we're going to... And, and I think this is a contributing factor to why the Mavericks are struggling so much. And I don't know what their overall record was. I know that they were one of the biggest victims of COVID that they, they had a yeah. ton of missed time due to COVID. But since... Uh, as of... What was the date? As of January 26th, so about... What was that? Two weeks? Uh, they've been healthy. Uh, no, Kristaps uh, rested a game. Doran Finley-Smith... Missed one game because of contract tracing, but since then they've had no injuries. Everybody's been healthy. They're two and six in, yeah. in games at that time, so it's not like they're good when they're healthy. And here's the problem: when I think about the Mavericks, that they're that they've they've come way down from last season. Last season they had a historically great offense, the best offense of all time by advanced numbers. This year they're like bottom half offensively, mm-hmm. and the problem is so the Mavericks gave up a first round pick to trade up to get Luca. They have two first round picks to get Chris stops. Not to mention, even if they had picks, they wouldn't be good because they they've been flirting with playoff success. So it's right. like, so it's like they can't get a guy through the draft. They need to land a free agent. It's kind of the problem in order to improve. Mm-hmm. Because and, and I'm gonna throw something at you that tell me what you think of these parallels. Because so Luca is having historically great career for how young he is. Right. The, the numbers and the stats, right? I'm drawing parallels to another team that had another very young player have historically great seasons as a young player. Do you want to guess who that person is?
0: Uh, one LeBron James. It
1: was LeBron James, that's right. So here's here was a problem with LeBron James in that the organization he was on was incompetent and they couldn't sign any free agents. Yes. And so here's I'm gonna, we're going to play a game that I'm going to I'm going to name you. The Cavs had five first-round picks. <laughs> After drafting LeBron, before LeBron left, okay? (laughs) Here's what we're going to do. I'm not going to ask you to name him because you couldn't. I'm going to tell you who they are. You tell me where they went to school, okay? Yes, sir. 2004, they had pick 10. So after LeBron's rookie year, they drafted Luke Jackson.
0: I have never in my life heard of Luke Jackson. He's a white dude from
1: Oregon. He is currently a coach somewhere. Oh, coach kid. 2006. Pick twenty five. You've heard of this? They draft Shannon Brown. Oh yeah. Do you know?
0: Uh, is he UCLA? Is he a? I know. Uh, uh, Michigan da. State. Ah. Oh, I didn't know that.
1: But he, yeah, he's, he was traded after two years. I mean, not, he was. I mean, he wasn't that good of a player. He just jumped incredibly high.
0: He had one block that turned out to be a foul, oh, but
1: it looked really nice. One of the best blocks fouls of all time. <laughs> okay, so didn't have a pick two thousand seven, two thousand eight. They picked nineteen. They drafted J.J. Hickson.
0: I kind of liked J.J. Hickson. He, you know, he was a North Carolina State North, guy. Yeah. Uh, North Carolina. Yeah. Close. No, North Carolina State.
1: This is North Carolina State. Did I miss the state? Damn. You bamboozled me on my own game. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, there's one that you got right that I even cool. got wrong. Uh, so, next year, 2009, his last year. Because he didn't have a pick in 2010. Uh, no. They did. No. He was gone after 2009. Is that what it was? Yes. No. Yes. This is the last year. With the they picked 30th. They drafted Christian Ayenga, mm. who he was from the Congo. Oh, Do you have I, guessed ooh. that? I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna guess Kansas. Ooh, what a good guess, boy! He performed <laughs> in the NBA. Uh, also, also shout out—they uh, drafted Jane Green the second round that year. Ooh, then, North Carolina I got then, that one, and then cut him after a season. Had to go play in the D League at the That's time. That's right. That's right. So that so that was what I mean, you look at a team that had a great young player that was so great they couldn't draft in the top five, right? That was LeBron, LeBron and the Cavs. Yeah. And they were a team that could not land a good player in a trade. So they weren't good enough to get a good draft pick. They didn't find any gems, obviously. They didn't land in a trade. And look what happened. The second he could leave, he left. That was what I'm I am I think I'm already nervous for the maps because they are on the clock. Yeah. To perform better than they performed in the playoffs last year, and they are considerably
0: worse right now. I would say Dallas is a much more um, desirable location than That's Cleveland, true. though. That's true. And that that, that, that better... I mean, it plays a little plays a little bit of, of yeah. a role. Uh, I think part of the problem this year, though, is they're they're casting threes. Top ten in. Uh, oh God, in they like, can't make any. T- yes, everybody is shooting, Luca included. Mm. So bad from three so far. Um, you also have uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. taking like fourteen shots a game. He's one of that's my least favorite it. players to watch play. Uh, <laughs> he was good in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh for the couple games in the yeah. playoffs. Um but but like Josh Richardson has not that did not that trade did not work so yeah, far.
1: Yeah, so that was the, that's so they were the like one of the best three-point shooting teams last year. Yeah. And then but they were not good defensively so they're like, "All right, we'll flip a good three-point shooter for a good defender to try to balance the scales a little bit." they're still bad defensively and they're considerably yes. worse three point shooting so yes i'm going to call that
0: not a success quick fix just put bobby in for longer that's let him a, eat.
1: that's a, that's a bandaid that you can't rip off
0: i, I think that uh so willie kleinstein started a bunch of games for him at center and he is atrocious mm. that like that can't be your starting center um i heard, I on, heard on a on a good team
1: I, I don't have the stat i heard he is like his his percentage around the rim is Horrendous for a center, and that includes while being <laughs> passed to by Luca, which you should get yeah, easy layup. So
0: he's catching a lob too. Not shooting well from within three feet, which is a it would problem. not surprise me at yeah. all. So I guess the point is, do you think do you think the Knicks won this trade as of right now? Like, what where, where are you leaning on that?
1: Yeah, I do. I getting well. Here's because here's the thing we haven't talked about. So so the Mavericks are, are what is, what's the Mavericks right now? Uh. Ten and fourteen. Ten
0: and ten and fourteen. Well, where are
1: they? Where are they? What's their placement?
0: Oh, they're they're second to last, but only in front of the Timberwolves.
1: Okay, and they're what? There's four or five. So they're like they're like bottom five in the league right now. So that's a high lottery pick because they owe this year's draft pick unprotected oh, yeah. to the Knicks. So if yeah. the Mavericks don't turn it around, the Knicks super won the trade. I, like, yeah, I, 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 I right now I'm of the opinion that that Chris Kristaps turns a corner. And stays healthy, both of those things gonna happen. That, that he's just overpaid, that he's high volume, yeah. he's not impacting winning, and it's gonna make it harder to land another star. I I agree. So I would if I mean, with value, the financial
0: restrictions alone,
1: I'm if they a good value for him in a trade, I would trade him. Certainly,
0: but I I'm of the mindset that the the Knicks did not do well in this trade. Like they stumbled ass backwards into getting, what might be a good pick. What are you talking they about? They turned a, it into
1: Derrick Rose. <laughs> plus having that's a good that's true.
0: That is true. But like they made it, they made an environment where their their star player not saying he was a star player, but he was their star player. Kristaps was unhappy there. Like he made a, they made a yeah. terrible environment for him. Yeah, and they just had to get rid of him and get back what they could. I mean, you didn't keep Wesley Matthews or DeAndre Jordan, and you got you know Dennis Smith Jr. So, I mean, you got a technically you got a pick, and Derrick Rose, I guess. From two picks, yeah. From, from uh, for Kristaps. So I don't think I'm. I was not impressed by what even now, because I feel like the Mavericks are going to turn it around at some point. That it's not going to like fall in the bottom five, you know, or top five of the lottery. Like I'm still, I'm still very conf, very confident in the, uh, the Mavericks to make the playoffs. All right, I'll so, believe it when I see it. That's yeah. So I, I guess the. If it lands in the lottery pick, great for the Knicks, but I don't believe it will. We'll see. Time will tell. That's right.
1: I'm I'm cooled off. I'm off. I'm cooled off from my Kristaps rage. I I think we're ready to move. Splasher pass. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Introduce so, it. So this so this week MVP theme for our Splasher Pass topic, we wanted to find. Uh, there have been a lot of bad MVP votes cast. We wanted to find the dumbest MVP voter we could. So in 2013, LeBron James had arguably the best season of his career. He was overwhelming MVP, led the Heat to a 66 and 16 record, while shooting what is it, 27, seven and eight, 56 percent from the field, 40 percent from the three, led the league in player efficiency rating for the sixth eight season. <laughs> that pressed irrelevant. But LeBron James received a whopping 120 out of 121 first place votes. He was one player or one voter short of being the first ever unanimous MVP at the time. One guy didn't vote for him. And you'll never guess where he's from. He's from Boston. <laughs> a writer from the Boston Globe, Gary Washburn, voted for Carmelo Anthony. That's right. Wow, Carmelo Anthony for MVP. Um, basically Never saying, hear that. Basically saying that um, LeBron James was on a better team, so his team didn't need him as much, mm-hmm. while Carmelo Anthony was needed by his team. So yikes for that take, which has aged well. Our splash of passes, we're splashing on every. MVP award voter not named Gary Washburn in twenty thirteen. And we're passing on Gary Washburn. Amen. So that said, uh, we can start with some trade rumors.
0: Yeah, we'll Washburn. get we got rid of one of them already.
1: Yeah. That's true.
0: Chick Derek <laughs> Rose up. <the> list. <laughs> uh let's see. We have JJ Reddick wanted out of New Orleans. We kind of touched on it last time, but he has he has said he wants somewhere in the northeast, like yeah, close the to New his York home. teams. Yeah. yeah. Philadelphia, Boston, somewhere up there. What are you thinking? Uh, well, I mean, I, I'm kind of
1: too indifferent to 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 splash or pass or sorry, not to yeah. splash or pass to every MB. We'll just say everybody else or Gary Washburn because mm-hmm. he's been so bad this year. Yeah, he's kind of fallen out of the rotation. That, that's why. Yeah, that, that. I mean, we look at so the three teams that would get him: Boston, Brooklyn, Philly. I, I can't see the Knicks trading for him. No, he wants to go to a contender. The Nets team would him up never with Derrick Rose though. Him. Super team, whatever version yeah. this is, eight yeah. the look, the Nets—they need defense. They don't need shooting. There's no, Last and they also they, they have no trade assets. They're they're out. Philly and Boston, they could. I, I Philly makes the most sense, but that's again, a, they would trade for him, assuming he's going to bounce back from his currently terribleness.
0: Right, and he kind of jumps into a, a, a like a crowded rotation. So where does he? That's, that's what I have a problem with. Where does he fit in, yeah. in in any rotation?
1: I just I don't know. I think he's been playing so bad that I'm kind of I, I don't care. So.
0: I, I could see the Philly thing happening just because you know he, he was there a few years yeah, he ago. Yeah, success there. Uh, yeah. I mean, and has a bunch of history with Doc. Yeah, he's back from LA. So, I mean, as it, even as much as like a locker room presence, it could be beneficial. But that's about all I see. Yeah,
1: I will say. Uh, just to clarify, so last week I, I said he needs a new podcast name. Just just to clarify, he, he he does a podcast called Old Man and the Three. It's a fun play on the book. But he's bad at shooting threes, so he's yeah. changed his podcast name. That was the joke. I'm with you. He's also uh, you. <laughs> that he's shooting a career-low effective field goal percentage this year.
0: Bad. He's bad.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: So I'm, I'm just Gary Washburn. Yeah, I'm just Gary Washburn on yeah. the JJ
1: News right now. Because I don't care. So next is is a name that that's popped up on and off in trade rumors, indefinitely, and that's Zach Levine of the Bulls. I am a, uh, I am off this. I'm Gary Washburn, because I don't know why I don't know what the Bulls are doing, like thinking about shopping him or something. Yeah. I just I, another one. I don't get. I don't get it. Also, I heard that the Knicks were looking to trade for him. I don't know why the Knicks are are going to be this aggressive buyers.
0: Because the Knicks want everybody, you know that. That's true.
1: The Knicks. want oh, yeah, To confuse me.
0: I'm I'm Gary Washburn too. I think the, Chicago is the best place for him. Chicago doesn't really know what they're doing. They have a for lot sure. of young guys that they're that they're gonna need to pay at some point and make decisions on. But I think Levine's the most like like Laurie Markkinen. They didn't give him an extension. He's he's gonna be gone. Someone's gonna sign him to some money that the that the Bulls won't match this yeah. year. Uh, so I think you need just to kind of build around Zach Levine. He's the best one you got so far. Yeah. Okay.
1: I like that. But yeah, I'm 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 very much Gary Washburn on the idea of the Bulls trading him. Oh same. Yeah. So so next is uh uh Victor Oladipo, who w- w- we knew he was long for Houston, but I, I assume they just wouldn't re sign him. That they were just gonna play out the season. Mm-hmm. But they're they are actively shopping him. And
0: Yeah, I I am Gary Washburn for Victor Oladipo, uh, because after whatever game he was interviewed, the TNT crew interviewed him, and he's like, "It feels like everybody keeps giving up on me, uh, like Orlando, Oklahoma City, now Indiana, keeps getting traded." Uh, and he came out and said that, you know, he's tired of, of moving around, uh, just for your name to pop back up. So hmm. that sucks. I'm gonna I'm gonna push
1: back on you a little bit because yeah, so I I don't even remember what the Magic. Got in the trade? Do you? Are you? Do you It was. I think it was
0: Serge Ibaka. It was. He was oh, in the Serge Ibaka trade. Right.
1: Okay. So, so the Magic traded him. Which, which he's young. He's their number two pick. Yeah. The fact that you traded for not a huge return, something has to be going on behind the scenes. The the, the Paul George trade sucks because yeah, I mean for Old Depot because you, your team just traded to upgrade you. It wasn't you know anything against <laughs> you
0: but then he was having a good season too in OKC.
1: Well yeah, I feel bad for him with that one, but to get traded yeah. off the Pacers where you were all NBA, like there has to be a reason behind the scenes. You know yeah, what I mean? like I, you were their I, best I, player and now now they they flip you for Karis LeVert, who by all accounts does not have the ceiling that you did.
0: Yeah, but I feel like a lot of it comes from like the uncertainty yeah. of what he's coming back, like what he's going to be after his his quad injury. They're still like he was still working mm. his way back you know, to, to 100% in Indiana. And I just don't think they knew if they wanted to pay him or not. And I guess we're going to see who is willing to pay him now. That's I true. Suppose.
1: That's true. I, yeah, I, I i am other, what they're saying. I i am every other MVP voter for the Rockets because yeah. I, I, ever since they traded Harden, I, I just, I don't know what are they doing? What's their goal and trading him sets a clear goal that we're just in the asset collection business.
0: Collecting assets, yeah. yeah. That's and I think that's the best choice. Yeah, I'm for with, sure.
1: Yeah. I will say, it's interesting about the Rockets is that the why they definitely should trade Lodepo. So they so they are short on draft picks because they traded them all to get Russell Westbrook, but then they recoup draft picks because they got a shit ton of Nets picks. Yep. So this year they do well. They they don't really own the rights to their picks it's here's, here's So this pick, they own it if it's top four protected. If it falls out of the top four, they get the worst version of their pick, Miami's pick, and Oklahoma City's pick this mm-hmm. year. With the right to swap to Brooklyn. If it falls out of the top four. So, no, I just, just generally, they get the right to swap with Brooklyn. So I don't... That's crazy to me, just trying to unwrap that and where all those picks came from. I will... So with that in mind, I'm thinking... Are they trying to tank to get into the top four? You know, I, they're kind of good. They're kind of good right yeah, now. Yeah, that's what. That's why I don't know. I just I don't know what their plan is. Yeah. So I'm hoping that this might lead them towards a more specific plan because maybe they. It feels like they were aggressive in free agency because they wanted to entice Harden to stay, but now yeah.
0: that that's gone. I mean, John Wall's owed a lot of money. Uh, The Christian Wood is a great place to start. He's on actually a really nice contract um, through the 2023 season. So I think you just start collecting assets. Yeah, okay. See what sticks. Uh,
1: So good trades. Moving on. We got our own splasher passes. That we're bringing to the table for the first time. Yeah, go ahead. So uh, who's up first? I'm up first? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I'll go first. Good idea you just came up with right now. So I am going to other MVP voters. I am high on Steve Nash's coaching style. And that is with the caveat that Steve Nash coaches his past self, because that is Mm -hmm. the only way that I can justify some of the coaching decisions Steve Nash has made. So for since, since they signed Harden incredibly, they are, Statistically, they are the best offense of all time and the worst defense of all time. You cannot make this up, which is <laughs> that which that's that stat is exactly what I would have expected from a Steve Nash led team to be incredibly offensively and terrible defensively. Not to mention the the loss to the Wizards that we mentioned where Russell Westbrook hit a game winner. The Nets were up, was it five with like nine seconds left for yeah, tw- at three? least 12. Yeah, okay, with 12 seconds left. So they have, an, they have the ball out of bounds, up two, with like seven or eight seconds left. They have two timeouts, and Steve Nash does not call timeout to advance the ball to get something set up. Instead, let's show Harris throw a horrible pass that gets immediately stolen and led to the Russell Westbrook three. Because I think Steve Nash thought if he was a point guard, he wouldn't want a timeout. He would just want to get the ball into himself. Right. But the problem is he's not on the court. He's coaching other players that aren't him. But if he was coaching himself, that's why I'm, I'm high on this. If he was coaching himself, watch out.
0: So, so we'll keep that in mind. Okay, I got I got one for yeah, you. Yeah, hit me. Um, in theory, I am any other media member to Heat Culture. It apparently has produced, last year, great on-court product. Mm-hmm. I am Gary Washburn on what it apparently has done to the fans on Twitter. Because they are tweeting relentlessly that they would not give up Tyler Hero for Bradley Beal. They wouldn't give up, earlier, they wouldn't have given up Tyler Hero for James Harden. So I'm just confused on what they see in Tyler Hero uh, to the point where Bradley Beal or James Harden is not worth moving Tyler Hero. Not to mention that it would be Tyler Hero and quite a bit more to get either one of those guys. Um, but obviously they wouldn't, they didn't get, they wouldn't do the trade
1: straight up. Is that what you're saying? Say that's, that's what
0: they are saying. Yes
1: the trade straight up. Wow.
0: So there's okay. something in the water in Miami or there's something on the like hypnotizing mm-hmm. on the heat broadcast mm-hmm. uh, Because Tyler Hero one day he might be an all-star good for him He is nowhere near the player that Bradley Beal is. He right won't now.
1: be Bradley Beal. Yeah. I, I, t- I Tell you one thing that I did you see the news about Tyler Hero that he had to sit out yeah, a couple he games. With
0: a, like he lives with a housemate? So, yeah, so he had to sit out a couple games
1: because a room... Well, he called it a housemate of his... Uh, had COVID, and because of contract tracing, he had to sit uh-huh. out. He's back now. But yeah, it's just saying, what, you're a millionaire. What are you doing yeah. living... Like with I get somebody. that you're the, of age, you should be in college, but you don't have to live like you're in college when you're rich as hell. It's, just, that's, it's such a crazy headline to have to read. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Okay, so next for me, I am Mega Ultra Gary Washburn on the Warriors Trash Talk, and this is where we're oh. going to introduce a new segment called "I Hate This Player," and who better to start our biased, obnoxious hate of than Draymond Green, the one and only Draymond Green? So let me set the stage for you. So this was January thirtieth. Warriors play the Pistons. Um, after the game. Post game uh, feed shows Roddy Magruder, who was a bench player for the Pistons, really only played in garbage time. Um, walked over to the Warriors bench after the broadcast, or after the game was over on the broadcast. Right? Are you with me so far? Yes. I didn't want it to be too confusing. Okay, so, so to talk to Juan Toscano-Anderson, who didn't even who didn't dress out for the game, he didn't play. Because Juan Toscano Anderson said something to Wayne Ellington in the first half. Rodney Magruder wanted to clear it up. And if you watch the feed, Rodney Magruder was totally calm. Like no anger, no body language. He was just trying to straight up talk to the guy. The Clay Thompson, who was on the broadcast at the time, like doing guest commentary or whatever. They ask him, like, what do you think that's about? And here's what Clay Thompson says. He said, I don't know. Speaking of Roddy Magruder, that guy might be out of the league pretty soon. He's probably mad about that. Who knows? He's over here trying to start something like he's a good player or something. Bro, get out of here. Which, again, is a stupid thing to say, but given the context of Clay didn't know what was happening, he just saw it and reacted to it on the spot. It's a dumb thing to say. What's worse is that Draymond Green's asked about it after the game, post-game interview, he spent two minutes talking about it. Didn't, by the way, he didn't talk about him playing 28 minutes and scoring four points in the game. That didn't come up. <laughs> and so here's what Draymond Green said. Uh, let me let me find that. I don't I don't want, I don't want to misquote him. Would hate to misquote Draymond Green. So I want to find. Here's what he said, and I'm gonna just say what he said, you know, for the full context. Okay. Uh, he said, when the fuck did Roddy Magruder become the tough guy? I don't know, man. Everybody in the league tough these days. It's crazy. I've seen a lot of tough guys this year. I don't understand it. And don't nobody do anything. Like, if you really wanted to do something, you could have done it. Walking over here talking shit like he a tough guy. Get the hell out of here. Fucking tough guy Roddy Magruder. Tough guy. Also, I'm rocking with Juan, who's their guy. Juan was about to bring that town bidness... bidness... B I D N E S S. Town bidden his shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, I'm rocking with Juan T on that one anyway. He goes on. Also, I think it was something Juan said in the first or second quarter to Wayne Ellington. You got nothing better to do than what you're thinking of. Some. Oh, you got nothing better to do that you're still thinking of something from the first or second quarter when you weren't in the game. So apparently, Wayne Ellington went over to the bench, told Magruder because he hadn't been in the game. Yeah, I don't know. There's too many fake tough guys in the league to stay for me. But I know no one's scared of no damn Rodney Magruder. Like, fucking kidding me. So he said this. Wow. Here's what Wayne Ellington said later when he heard that. Uh, First of all, I think it's unprofessional and definitely not classy for somebody to attack Rodney's professional career the way it was attacked. Rodney, I've known him since we played in Miami together. He's one of the most hardworking, humble, down-to-earth guys there is. So for somebody to try to attack him, is very unfair. And then he goes on. I love this part. And then guys call him, you know, talking all this tough guy stuff. Rod has never, ever tried to portray or act like a fake tough guy in this league. To be honest, the guy over there, Juan, started the whole thing. Rod's a man of respect like myself, and he took offense to whatever the guy was saying. I just kind of laughed it off, but it stuck with Rod, and as my brother, he took it upon himself to go and check the temperature on the situation. That's what men do. We talk to each other eye to eye, face to face. So for Draymond to sit up and talk all type of crazy stuff behind a microphone, I think that's the real fake tough guy stuff, to be honest. So I'm only going to talk about the situation once and put it behind me. But I think it's unfair for them to attack Rod like that. I appreciate and love him like a brother. He probably just walked over there to try to clear the air with the guy. And then it says, the video appears to back up Ellington's version of events. Yeah. So let's break down the situation. How stupid uh, Draymond Green is. So his teammates, which by the way, as uh, Steve Kirk calls a mini Draymond, Juan go Descon- yeah. Anderson, so that explains everything. Descon- not Stone- sure that's Anderson. a compliment. It's, it's not in my book. Juan Descon- go <laughs> Anderson, without dressing out, says something offensive enough to Wayne Ellington while Wayne Ellington's in the game, that he goes and repeats the ride to McGruder, which is probably just in conversation. Ryan Magruder takes offense to it and goes after the game to say, basically, hey, you shouldn't say that. Because he's very respectful in his tone, and demeanor, everything that we can see. He's not trying to start anything. He's not trying to fight. He's just saying, hey, chill out. Yeah. Draymond Green hears this. And in Draymond Green's no self-awareness of himself, self-awareness of himself, that's a little redundant. His no self-awareness <laughs> mind, he thinks, oh, Rodney Magruder's trying to be a tough guy. I'm a tough guy. I'm a real tough guy. Rodney is a fake tough guy. I'm tired of, of all the fake tough guys. Him. Yeah, exactly. Like the... the the arrogance and, and just uh, again the no self awareness from Draymond Green is insane and infuriating. Yes. And and I the part of the reason like I, I like I have a ton of respect for Steph Curry, but part of the reason I hate him is because he enables Draymond Green, because yes. he has given the Warriors so much success that people like Draymond Green think that they're good and relevant and valuable and have this platform that everybody cares what they have to say.
0: And now he's gonna be a Hall of Famer and someday. It's so
1: obnoxious! Like, do you remember? Do you remember when Draymond Green like called out Charles Barkley like he's jealous of me because yeah. I've had success? Yes. and He hasn't. It's like no, like Draymond Green, like nobody that just nobody would pick you over Charles Barkley in any context. Like everyone thinks Charles Barkley is a better basketball player, right? So here's here's part of it, or more of the reason why I hate Draymond Green. Okay. A few days later, he went on the jump and was, giving a chance, was given a chance to back down. Like they asked him, like like you know, you've seen the bigger story. Like, do you want to say anything about it? Basically, and he said, "No. When I say something, I mean it. There's no comment that will ever be made by me that I won't stand by." So not only is he more of an asshole now, having learned the full story and still doubling down on it, but I'm going to hold him to that. That he says when he says something, he means that there's no comment that I won't stand by. So I found a couple of great Draymond quotes that he has to now stand by. Are you ready? Yes. So first of all, uh, when Draymond went on NBA on TNT, was it this past season? The previous season? Mm-hmm. He and Charles Barkley have a famous feud, right? And yes. he, Draymond Green explained why he has an issue with Charles Barkley. And here's what he said. He said, the issue is uh, I've had a lot of people watch the game of basketball, don't know what they're looking at. So when they look at Chuck or they look at different guys who have platforms, they take what you're saying and listen to that and run with that. So as for me, it hasn't necessarily affected my pockets. But There's a lot of guys in this league that people run with what people like Charles Barkley say, and it affects guys' pockets, and that's the issue I've had. It's similar to JaVale McGee when he came out with Shaq and said, this is altering my career, Shaq's criticism. (laughs) <laughs> this is great. So when I said on all the Smoke podcast, as a black man, you've got to support the next black man. You can't keep putting the next black man down. So the palpable irony about that is that is that he—the reason he doesn't like Charles Barkley is because he's critical of other players taking food out of their pockets. Yes. And in the same breath, he backs up Clay Thompson for saying... Ryan McGruder is mad that he won't be in the league for very much longer. He's a bum, yeah. Like that, the 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 just blatant hypocrisy is so frustrating. That just Draymond Green just talks out of his ass and thinks he's respected. And I cannot stand him, and he's a terrible offensive player. Also, <laughs> I had one more quote co- quote that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, go just for it. I was hilarious. Before the 2016 finals, Draymond said, he said this, I want to destroy Cleveland. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. First of all, the phrase is no ifs, ands, or buts. But he said, no ifs, ands, and buts about it. And then the next sentence, he said, But I also know that there's steps to get to that point. And if and when we get to that point, I want to annihilate him." So let me break this down for you. He said, I want to destroy Cleveland. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. (laughs) And then in the very next sentence, he used the word if, he used the word and, and he used the word but. So... What I'm saying is he's literally an idiot, <laughs> and that's why I hate him, I and that's why I hate the Warriors trash talk because, for years, Dreamer Fake, Green, tough guys, Dreamer Green gets to hide behind Steph and KD and Clay and pretend to be this intimidating presence, and just I don't respect him at all. No, so I'm off. It. Yeah, I'm off. It.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I am there with you.
1: So we're we're gonna move. We're gonna move to playoff. Way off. Is it that time?
0: Yes, it is that time. Okay. So playoff the way off this week
1: is, is we just tried to find incredible NBA MVP seasons, stories, stat lines. Find the three best and the three worst for playoffs. So this week, you're doing the playoff. I'm doing playoff. You're doing way off. Yes. Okay. I'm doing the way off. So you got your first way off.
0: Okay. Before I get going, so these are like some crazy MVP races or right. stats from people that won MVP. I have an audible mention from two thousand uh, the 2002-2003 season. Tim Duncan won the MVP that year. Can't, I can't really disagree with anything like that. Best player on the best team. They have won the championship that year. But my guy, Kevin Garnett, mm. who put up 23 points, 13 rebounds, six assists on a 51 win team, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, he was or er, <laughs> the Minnesota Timberwolves were minus 23 and a half points per 100 possessions when he was on the bench. And they won 51 games.
1: That's a that's an incredible stat.
0: Astronomically yeah. high. Okay, there's only been one higher, uh, like plus minus off on off, Mm -hmm. in history, and it was in 2015, 2016. Robbie, can you tell me who it was? I'm gonna guess, LeBron James. Incorrect. Uh, He was on the greatest record team of all time. Oh, Andrew Bogut. I wish (laughs) you're gonna hate it. I don't know who is it. Draymond Green. Oh God. At they were minus 26, 26 points per 100 possessions without wow. Draymond on the court. Wow.
1: Didn't he win the Defensive Player of the Year that year?
0: I don't know if it was that year, but yeah, well, I'll leave it at that. Wow. So, my first, my first, I'm gonna um, end that out by the way. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Be <laughs> my my first way off, uh, Rob, I remember you, you probably remember this season, the 72 73 season. Oh,
1: God. Uh, yeah, I was a big Bullets fan that year.
0: Yeah, Dave Cohen's wins the uh, MVP that year. I'm gonna find stats. I'm going
1: to with you, if you told me one of these guys was MVP and you said Dave Cohen's and then two players that played today, I could not tell you which one was MVP in 1972. True. That's
0: so True. unfamiliar to me that Dave Cohens is an MVP. Yeah, exactly. Fine stats. He averaged 20.5 points, 16 rebounds, 4 assists. To break it down a little bit. He had 12 win shares over the season, which equaled out to like .168 win shares per 48 minutes. Okay? Okay. Tiny Archibald averaged 34 points that year. 2.8 rebounds and 11.5 assists, while earning wow. 14.2 win shares. Okay, so a little bit better. And then we have Kareem that year. 30.2 points per game, 10 more than Cohen's. 16.1 rebounds, the exact same as Cohen's, mm. and five assists, one <laughs> one more assist per game than Cohen's. Wow. 21.9 win shares over the year. <laughs>
1: That's what, more uh, than double, or almost double.
0: Yeah, almost double what Cohen's put up. Wow. So what this came down to was the the Celtics ended up being the best team um, mm-hmm. in the NBA, but John Havlicek was the leading scorer on that team, had higher player efficiency rating and higher win shares than Cohen's on his own team. And wow. Kareem's Bucks were 60, 60 and twenty two, so it's not like they were a bad team. Yeah. And Kareem d- was robbed of the MVP that year.
1: I'd never heard that. That's those are incredible numbers. Okay. <laughs> wow! All right, so I I I'm, I'm doing playoff, and I have a couple honorable matches I'm going to get through real quick. Yeah, do it. Uh, first one we kind of talked about already: 2013 Lebron, which is probably peak like physical like, combination of physical and skills, probably peak Lebron. Mm-hmm. So the Heat were 66 and 16. Uh, Lebron 27 seven and eight, 60% on two point field goals that year, 40% <laughs> from three. Also, first-team all-defense. Oh, yeah. You, the other MVP I want to talk about, honorable mention, was, and I hate to do this, but the only unanimous MVP in history, 2016 yeah. Steph Curry. I think the reason why is coming off a championship, which many people, myself included, said they only won because Kyrie and Kevin Love got hurt so playing against a, a beat-up mm-hmm. Cleveland team. But they uh, they silenced the haters. Uh, they The yeah, best they regular season team in NBA history. Steph Curry led the league in scoring 30 points per game. Five assists, seven rebounds. Might be the other way around. Five rebounds, seven assists. I don't know. I have 35 and seven written down. While <laughs> leading the league in steals. Also, 50-40-90 that year. 30 points, 50-40-90. Ah. Highest points per game 50-40-90 season in history. Well, a 50-40-90 season. Yes. Also, he led all-time highest points per minute in the fourth quarter in the season that year. Steph Curry. 1.05 points per minute in the fourth quarter of games. Which is it was impressive for a guy that many people like myself have said doesn't perform in the playoffs, mm-hmm. but he did well in the fourth quarter. So my number three, I want you to guess it, okay? That it was the, that it was, I'm going to name players that have won back-to-back MVPs. I'll name four players, and you, you tell me which one of these did it by having the highest PER in history, okay? Okay, okay. Um, do you know the answer to this? No. Okay, good. So the, first, so the first one, it's not going to be anybody that I mentioned, so I'd mentioned two players that have won back-to-back MVPs. it's not going to be them, okay? Okay. First one, I have uh, Michael Jordan. Okay. Uh, Larry Bird. Okay. Uh, how many did I say I was going to name? Four. Oh, God. Uh, Karina <laughs> Dojabar, did he win back-to-back? Probably. I'm going to guess Larry Bird. Well, I'm not done. I have to oh. get four. Uh oh, okay. Uh, Giannis. Uh, okay. The Hick from French Lick. I just debated you so hard. It was Giannis oh, last no. year. Highest PER in history last year, which I wow. think that's an incredible set, right? That is crazy. See how i been you by sliding Giannis you, at the end?
0: You did, and yes. I
1: did. So Giannis last year, 29.5 points per game, 13.6 rebounds per game, led the league in rebounds, 5.5 assists, averaging a steal and block, MVP and Defensive Player of the Year that year, which I am a sucker for that playing defense. Oh, yeah. I like oh, it. Yeah. Also, he led the league in points for 36 minutes. So Harden scored more points, but he also Giannis the lowest minutes per game of MVP in history, which I don't know if that contributes Jeez. to the PER, but yeah, just interesting, interesting stat that that, that for you know the take that that LeBron saying he deserves MVP last year. Giannis had truly a <laughs> great season last year, so he's
0: my number three. Okay, this is a fun one for me. This is uh, 1968, 1969. Sure, of course. MVP MVP winner, Wes Unseld, won the MVP that year. The only rookie to ever win MVP. Wow. Okay, so Wes Unseld was the number two pick. The number one uh pick that year was Elvin Hayes. I'm okay. just gonna I'm gonna read you I'm gonna read you the respective stats. Right. Wes unseld, thirteen point eight points per game, eighteen point two rebounds a game, crazy, and wow. two point six assists per game with ten point eight win shares. The number one pick, Elvin Hayes, 28.4 points a game, 15 more than Wes Unseld, mm. 17.1 rebounds per game, one less than Unseld, and one point four six or 1.4 assists per game, which is one less than Unseld. So that alone is crazy to me that Elvin Hayes uh, didn't win Rookie of the Year even ahead of Wes Unseld, let alone Wes Unseld to win the MVP. Um, MVP. Yeah. Wes Unseld's teammate, Earl the Pearl Monroe, oh. twenty five point eight points per game. So leading score on the team yeah. had twelve more points than him per game. And then the the, uh, the craziest one, uh, Wilt averaged twenty and a half points, mm. twenty one rebounds, four and a half assists, the whopping fourteen point seven win shares, which led the league. Wow. Uh and Wes Unseld wins MVP somehow. I I don't understand. He was the fifth <laughs> leading scorer on his own team that year.
1: That is crazy.
0: Yes. That's and a crazy stat. What I what I hate most is Elvin Hayes just got screwed out of this because he didn't he didn't win rookie of the year. Didn't even didn't make either all NBA team either. That just sucks, well, wow. Yeah. Yeah, there's twenty eight and seventeen rebounds. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> oh, one. Man. Good pick.
1: All right, so my number two, and um, we had to mention to him all time great seasons is Michael Jordan. Yep. Uh nineteen eighty eight season. This is his fourth season in the league. It was his first season with Scottie Pippen and Horace Grant, which is interesting because uh, there were two lottery picks. And I'm thinking of LeBron James in his fourth season. They were in the finals. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have a lottery pick. But, but uh, so Jordan was still bad at this point, apparently. The team was bad. But Jordan wasn't bad. Uh, Jordan this year had a career high in PER, career high in win shares, career high in value over replacement. He led the league with 35 points per game and 3.2 steals per game. He was the MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, and All-Star Game MVP. Insane. He was almost unanimous MVP. And this was at the season when Larry Bird had maybe his best season. Larry Bird had 39-6 and and was part of the 50-40-90 club. And Jordan was just (laughs) that much better. Um, Jordan uh, led the uh, the Bulls to their first playoff series win in, I think, 10 years. Well oh, losing in five games in the second round, but yeah. you know, winning a playoff series is real good. So good for him there. But <laughs> you know, led the league in scoring and defensive player of the year, I think, is a pretty incredible yeah. stat line.
0: It's pretty well deserved. Yep. Okay, on to my last one. Yeah, do it. Uh I'm gonna go with the worst MVP to uh of all time. Also might be one of the worst coaches in the NBA. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> The Steve, Nash. Sorry, yeah, Steve, <laughs> Steve Nash, Steve Steve Nash, two thousand five, two thousand six season. So this is the right, second right, of his right, of yeah. it. This is the yeah, second yeah. of his back to back. Go on, go on. So <laughs> they finished fifty four and twenty eight. Uh, they were sixty two and twenty the year before. His first one was well deserved. They won sixty two games uh, the first year he won it, and they won twenty nine games the year before that. So wow, yeah, he, okay. he yeah he came to the Suns that offseason. Oh, okay, um, so so. They end up losing eight eight more games than they did the year before. Um, He averaged 18.8 points, 4.2 rebounds, 10.5 assists, and 12.5 win shares. So there are three other players that I I can't understand how he won this. Hmm. I'm just going to run you through them. Uh, LeBron James, 31.5 points, 7 rebounds, 6.6 assists, uh, 16.3 win shares. Uh, He also led a team uh, to a 50-32 record uh, with Eric Snow, Zydrun Sikowskis, Larry Hughes, and Drew Gooden uh, as his other starters on the team. Meanwhile, Steve Nash had uh, prime Sean Marion, averaging like 25 points a game on his team. Uh, Dirk, 26.5 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, 17.7 win shares. Dirk led a team to 60 wins that year. Uh, They end up beating the Suns in the Western Conference Finals anyway, so it's all good. Uh, And they lose to the Heat in the Finals. But he led a team to uh, six more wins than that Suns team, while putting up much more impressive stats than Steve Nash. And then we have one Kobe Bryant, Mm. 35.5 points, five rebounds, four and a half assists, 15.3 win shares. What's most impressive to me, four and a half assists to when you're passing to Smush Parker, (laughs) Brian Cook uh Chris Mim or Kwame Brown and Lamar Odom they were minus 12 and a half points per 100 possessions without Kobe um insane he took that team to the playoffs and they, they ended up losing to the Suns in the first round but all three of those guys have a much more impressive resume than than Steve Nash um I just I cannot believe that they they were just like well we don't know who to give it to um Ron, Dirk, and Kobe are all really good. So let's just hand it to Steve Nash. Mm. It's
1: like, it's almost like, as I was just saying, I, I can't find the narrative reason behind them voting for Steve Nash. Yeah. It, I, it's, it's almost like, you know, there's a con, like you want to win a contest and everyone gets a vote and you can't vote for yourself. Right. Well, I'm not going to vote for the guy that deserves it because he might win. So I'm going to vote for a guy that doesn't <laughs> deserve it because my vote won't count. Then nobody else will vote for that guy and nothing happens. Maybe that's what everybody did. Everyone tried to waste their vote.
0: On it's Steve like, Nash. On Steve that Nash, could and
1: it be. turns out
0: that he won, yeah. You know, that actually brings up a good point, because I forgot to mention in those first two uh, MVP races, those were all decided by the players. So I think that might actually have to, something to do with that. That is,
1: yeah, I'm so glad they don't do that anymore. Like, what a crazy idea. Yeah. That actually, that segues well into my my number one. So my number one, that I just, the best NBA storylines, and this is the craziest MVP season Of all time. And I'm talking about the 1961-62 NBA season. I'll give you some context. So I know a lot of people say it's not good to compare eras in terms of players and stuff because the league changed so much. Play style changes so much. Everything we know about basketball changes so much. And I disagree with that generally because... Most of the people saying this are big Jordan fans, and they're scared of LeBron coming for Jordan's throne. (laughs) So they say it's not safe to compare errors. But they had no problem comparing Jordan to Bill Russell, comparing him to Wilt, comparing to people of previous errors. It's just you can't compare errors when the guy I like is going to lose the GOAT debate. So I don't normally subscribe to that. But in this case, we should subscribe to Don't Compare Errors. (laughs) So here's the context. So they played an 80-game season with nine teams in the league. Yeah. So think about that. The, that means you're playing teams like at least ten times. I didn't check mm-hmm. the schedule, but so that season there was a record, 118 points per game average across the league, which is still a record. Today it was almost 112. Last season, which it's high, obviously it's a record, but it doesn't seem that crazy high for the numbers you're about to hear. That only okay. six more points per game than today. Also across the board, there's a bad field goal percentage that players were shooting and mm-hmm. no three-pointers, which means a lot of shots are going up, which yeah. means there's going to be a lot of rebounds. There are 71 rebounds per team per game on average. And since 1971, there hasn't been more than 50 Jeez. across the board. So just how many shots are being. Another thing is that the minutes per game were insane. Uh, good players were playing 40 to 45 minutes a night, which today... Like there hasn't been a player playing more than forty minutes a night in like ten years.
0: Yeah, but only like, Tibbs would do that.
1: But like exactly. But like all, like like every MVP candidate played around forty five minutes a night, that I looked at. So let Jeez. me let me let me just get you through some of the players. So for example, uh, Bob Pettit averaged thirty one points, eighteen rebounds, four assists. Uh, he finished sixth in the MVP. though. Uh, as a rookie, Walt Bellamy. Very similar numbers. 31 points, 19 rebounds, 2.7 assists. Did not receive a top three vote. Did mm-hmm. not finish top eight in MVP voting. And then, like you said, players voted. And the only caveat was you can't vote for yourself or your teammates. Right. So here we go. Top four. Fourth place, Elgin Baylor. Averages were 38, 19, and 4. And here, join us hear something <laughs> wild that I didn't know. He only played in 48 of the 80 games. And I know historically he had injury problems. He was healthy this year. He had National Guard duty, which is why he couldn't play. Oh. <laughs> he would use his he was in Washington State in National Guard duty. He would use his weekends to drive back and play in games. Crazy. So the Lakers and games insane. he in games he played in, they were on pace to have the best record in the league. But like I said, he only played in 48 games. They finished, I think, six games out of first place. The Celtics finished in first place. But they would have they were on pace to win 63 games. He finished fifty four wins. So he I think it's fair that he lost votes because he didn't play in a lot of games.
0: That yeah, that's fair. Third
1: place, Oscar Robertson. This was the triple double season. Ouch. Thirty points per game, twelve and a half rebounds, eleven and a half assists per game. Still the NBA record for rebounds as a point guard. And it's only his second season. Second place, this is Peak Will Chamberlain breaking the game. (laughs) Fifty points per game. Twenty six rebounds per game shot over 50% from the field. Like those those uh, that's insane. Those numbers are insane. Like you
0: can't do that in 2K.
1: Yeah, for sure. Here's so he averaged 48 and a half minutes per game. So he played More than in every games. he played in every second of every game. I went and looked at the game logs. It's like minutes played and it's just 48 48 48 for, like oh my like gosh. it's everything is zeros because he played in every second. Jeez. He also do you want to hear wild Wildstat. So 48.5 minutes per game. 1.5 fouls committed per game i Jeez. don't know how i don't know what happened he played the most minutes ever and averaged one and a half fouls a game
0: he's good for the sport you can't take him out of the game they
1: won that's true they won 49 games that year oh. his per was 31.7 which is one of the best all times oh by the way Giannis's all-time per was 31.9 this is 7, so close uh, meanwhile, Bill Russell's PER was 19.4. Who was the MVP? And uh, mm. to comparison to how great Wilt was, P, uh, Wilt's PER was 31.7. The next best was Elgin Baylor at 26.5. So he was well <laughs> ahead of second place. And like I said, number one, Bill Russell, he averaged 19 points and 24 rebounds a game, led the Celtics to a 60 and 20 record, while being the unquestioned. Best defensive player in the league. They didn't give out defensive player of the year award, but from mm-hmm. what I was told, he was a shoe in just about every year. And so, so I like what's crazy about this is all these numbers, and that that I don't know how to interpret this because, like, you like we said, players vote. So I'm assuming players knew something we didn't, and just like right. Wilt's notoriously hard to work with, that that they just didn't like or respect Wilt, and you know. That Bill Russell was playing on a better team, but he was leading them to more success, and they would win championships. So they looked yeah. into that. I don't know how. I, I just, these numbers are so insane, and it's like a different game. I don't know how. Yeah,
0: like how, he had the man averaged over fifty points a game. Yeah, and it's, didn't win MVP. Yeah,
1: yeah. It, it's truly insane stats. Jeez. So that was my number one. Well deserved number one. That was fun. I think
0: that's it. That yeah. Was, yeah. So
1: we. God, we went. We had to figure
0: out how to not go so long. I know, I know.
1: We're at like over an almost an hour forty, which is what we were at last time. Also, well,
0: thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, uh, I, uh, we'll catch you next no, week.
1: I hope there's no audio issues. We're gonna work on that. Our editing's only gonna improve.
0: Yeah, well, our producer's getting better.
1: That's right. Uh, next, tune in next week. We didn't do a sign off last time either. Oh we're yeah, t- yeah.
0: See you next week. We're talking more basketball,
1: basketball. next week.
0: Signing out. Over and out. <laughs> Anything else? No, that's it. Good. All right. I
2: guess it's back. You're dirty. STL Derby. I'm like Magic to Korean, man. You tell me I ain't worthy. I ain't speaking about Georgia. I'm speaking about income. Did you hear all listen? The toilet and flush it. My last dance be a stance of general custard. I hot out because I can I got cheese and mustard. I got the stance of a Hall of Famer and just two records. That's why I'm back up at the Super Bowl with Julius Peppers. I got that can't stop, won't stop in my veins. That's why they can't stop, won't stop screaming my name. Log in, log in. Go tell your friends to tell your friend I'ma keep the same grin whether I lose or win. i or down 10, I'ma fight you to eat. Let's go, ain't no way they can stop me now. The voting calls my way, way yeah. yeah. I can feel my rain right. coming. It's the blood of a champion. Yeah. I'm my pickets on my blade, yeah. It's too much, brother, yeah. to be running. I'll make you wonder what I, I Destiny's still the same I'm shooting out for my reign With and many top aim can stop me from scoring So the results are just hacking So there's three of us now Me, AI, and Shaq From the look to the eyes I say "Harper man With more heart than Hallmark On Valentine's Day I'm the one that can have raving about My Ray Lewis I think it's hard to go and change your route Cause you don't know if I'm blizzing Or if I'm sitting the ring. Waiting on you to drop, trip, and drop back And throw up a pig, man Ain't no way to get no, 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 ain't no broken, so on my away. way, yeah, I can feel yeah, my rain coming, it's, it's the blood of, of the champion. The on how I could twerk it it's hard work pays off Then easy work is worthless My work, it ain't no heaven, man I do it on purpose I push myself to the limits Of my talent to surface So now it's curtains and trades On anybody who hates Disliking what I'm reciting Biting what I've been writing I've been dong, by scratching And clawing on every hate Trying to make you remember me Like you remember the times Cause I'm a warrior my daddy was a soldier, I like Vietnam, with little dirty, thought I told you. I'm supposed to rip up your town at Teriosis. hitting like Vultures, man. I'm young, white, and rich, as good as it gets. He's giving you point, fists. He thinks he's done, seen pressure, man, but he ain't seen. Shh. Ain't no way they can know. 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 Ain't no way they can know.